You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. In this episode, we're tackling the topic of the war in Ukraine. So this is obviously a very complex and nuanced subject, but how should Christians think about the suffering and violence that's going on around the world? Welcome into Church Unplugged. All right, welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I have with me today the rest of our leadership team, Pastor Joe, uh, Zach Wyrock, and Stacy DiNardo. And so uh, our subject today is how do we as Christians uh, continue to respond to and process the war that's going on around the world in Ukraine? And we were just talking about this a minute ago, and I had a conversation with another person earlier today about how this has been unique, at least in my lifetime. You know, I was born in the 80s. Uh, I was a little kid for Desert Storm. I remember the kind of Iraq war after 9-11, and that was formative. But this is uh, what what's different this time around is that because of social media and everybody having smartphones, it almost feels like we are watching war happen in real time. You know, you open up social media and you see clips of explosions and missiles hitting buildings and really pretty horrifying stuff. And so uh, I know that Everybody is thinking about this right now. So the question for us is, how do we as Christians uh, think about a war like this or any war? And how do we, you know, how can we respond? What are things we can do um, to help, to process it? I think it's it's something that's at the forefront of all, our, all of our minds. So that's our starting point. Um, how do we process this stuff and what should we do? I think the important place to start is just that whenever you're talking about something that is connected to... Uh, the political landscape of our country, there's always um, kind of a binary that you're forced into because uh, the minute someone says, what do you think about X? You know, the options that are available to you are the Republican view and the Democrat view, the conservative view and the liberal view. I think the a good starting point for how we should think about something like this is first by saying not, well, what are my options? You know, what are the leaders I can align myself with, the party I can align myself with? But would be to say, uh, what has God said about these kinds of things, and how do I apply that to what I know about this situation? Uh, if that lands with one group or the other, so be it. Right. If it lands against one group or the other, so be it. Uh, but how would God have me to think about that? Um, so maybe rejecting the urge to turn to your normal political pundit or political station and instead say, hey, what has God said about this that would, would shape the way I think? Um, one of the things that might be good about what you just said, Jimmy, about the social media is that it does uh, give us kind of the <clears throat> the horrors of war unfiltered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that to Zach's point, I think the first thing we do about something like this is to grieve and know that war is one of the, uh, the most obvious uh, instruments of man's evil and brokenness uh, at a level that most of us um, don't see or haven't seen here in America, at least on our home soil. Um, and it, but uh, always war is, uh, to me, it's almost hard to wrap my head around um, the catastrophic impact of war, what it means to have, you know, a million and a half people displaced and moving, what it would be like to, you know, pack whatever you could in a backpack, grab your child by the hand, and start trying to walk out. Yeah, to look and out over your, your city and see and planes flying overhead and yeah. smoke rising. Yeah. And 
Yeah, so I, th- I think all of us would say that, you know, that uh, the war is a terrible thing. Um, but one of the things that we were talking about before the podcast was, uh, is, is war, like, what should the Ukrainians do? Yeah. Right? What, what makes it, uh, oh, is it okay to defend yourself as a Christian? Is it okay ever to attack as a Christian? There are a lot of different um, nuanced kind of questions to ask. Uh, when we start to consider uh, just a war in general or this war in particular. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, the starting point is to grieve for the people who are hurting, to grieve the fact that war even exists because war exists because sin, sin exists. Yeah. Right. And, and this um, is going to have a catastrophic impact on two different countries. Yeah. I mean, Russia, I was talking to a businessman who was just talking, just saying, you know, Russia is going to be decimated by this. And I think, you know, we mentioned just the gas prices. One of the things oh. that's kind of good, and I was writing in my journal this morning, is that this war is making me feel at least a little bit of a pinch. Mm-hmm. And and the, for me, the thing to confess is to whether that pinch bothers me more. Yeah. I mean, if I would feel okay about the war, yeah. if mm. gas so wasn't can... going... Yeah, no, it's, it's just crazy. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's such a complex are, way to think about things. Those are good questions to ask too, because I also think that, uh, to Jimmy's point, if we weren't seeing pictures, if we weren't seeing videos, you know, um, I also think that we have to be honest about the fact that for many of us as white Americans, the Ukrainians look like us. Right. You know, usually when we're hearing about war, it's in a part of the world where people have come from different cultures who look differently than us, and I and I think. Um, we have to recognize the fact that war in Europe yeah. hits differently right. and then grieve and grieve that. Because we're hearing about all the time, whether it's the rise of militant Islam in West Africa, whether it's what's going on with Muslims in China, whether you know, we hear all the time about violence and, and oppression, and it, it does not hit us the way this is hitting us. And I think it's good to explore why is that? Is it because we're seeing pictures? Well, it's not like when we hear... Hey, in this conflict, a hundred people die. We know there, there are faces. Absolutely. There are, but mm. we're not seeing them. Whether it's because it's Europe and that feels surreal. That um, I think there's a lot of good questions and self-examination. Yeah, that was to, uh, to undergo. To your point, I was reminded of that in talking to a friend who was kind of mourning the fact that, like, seeing as Americans us respond in the way we are now, and that we have not responded in, with the same heartache and grief when Syria was going through, has right. been going through for 14 yeah. years, you know, what they've yeah. been enduring. So I think there, there's so much complexity there and self-examination that yeah, needs there, to happen. Yeah, there's layered stuff because I remember I read an article about about that viewpoint and, and I thought, I don't know, because you guys are all younger than I am, but Russia is a, is a long-time foe yeah. of the United States. It's almost like an, the enemy of of my enemy is my friend. So there's some of that going on where we go, ah, yeah. the bad guy has come back yeah. and is attacking. So we align ourselves with the Ukraine. Plus it also, I mean, there's a, the threat of, of a, of a nuclear yes. war. And also it impacts the world's economy more and our stock market more than Syria ever did. Yeah. So I want, I mean, I, I, none of it's good. Right, all none of it's la- justified. All, it's all, all just the layers are bad. Layers, yep. Yeah, that, that well, I think down, the point but. is, is that before we turn our attention to how we should think about the rightness or wrongness of global conflicts, right. and I think that's worth talking about, 
I think regardless of whether we decide the war is justified or not, it's no not. one's listening to this podcast and changing anything. But introspection. Yes. Yeah. Why, why don't I care more or why do I care more or these kinds of questions are are good questions right. for us to wrestle with individually. Um, even if it's something like raging at gas prices and saying, hey, what bothers me more really? Right. Is it the rising gas prices or is it people dying is in it Ukraine? image bearers right. of God right. dying yeah, and, and, and no matter the nationality? I always tell people right. the good news of the gospel is that no matter what ugliness we find inside of us when we look within, Jesus has died for that. So we of all people should be the most introspective yeah. and the most yeah. able to go, boy, I don't like all the things that are going on in my heart or in my mind or the way uh, that I'm feeling. But if we do turn our attention to the rightness or wrongness of conflict, and this is something Christians have been talking about for a long time. I was reading in my office today, just getting ready, this something that Thomas Aquinas had written, and that hmm. you're talking about, you know, 800, yeah. you know, six, 700 years ago. Uh, Christians have been wrestling this. Well, I think you, you know, was it Aquinas with the just war mm-hmm. theory? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. Bet, yeah, I mean, I have not read Aquinas, uh, but, you know, just thinking about it, you have the balance between, I can see a sort of biblically based argument for complete... I'm going to get you a Thomas Aquinas co- coloring book. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I, that'll help me <laughs> soothe help, myself when I'm thinking about war. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, the the spectrum of I could see a biblical argument for pacifism, like I'm, I'm never going to hurt another human being. I'm never going to be in favor of that. But then you also have to hold that intention with the this, the idea of justice and God's justice and, you know, what is just when in, when somebody is being oppressed and when yep. somebody attacks. And, yep. and yep. you have to deal with the For nuances sure. of every individual situation. I mean, to Joe's point earlier, there are no two wars that are exactly alike. No, no two situations that are exactly alike. And that adds a layer of complexity too, because even if you derive some kind of larger framework for how you think about war, quote unquote, in general, uh, you would then have to try to apply yep. that framework to the nuances totally of different a particular situations. situation, uh, which is incredibly complex. And we don't do nuance and complex well in our right. culture, right? Because <laughs> so, it's yeah, hard. I mean, it almost reminds me of we had a podcast a few weeks back about uh, civic authority and. Uh, one of the things that you said on that podcast, Zach, was that you you mentioned that uh, you know there's a there's a segment of society right now who uh, because of the way that society is going, whether it's high gas prices or things that were in place prior to the war in Ukraine, and and they were saying things like you know you mentioned the sign that says Biden remorse, all that kind of thing. In which case, what you you know what you're really saying is that that you are kind of dunking on people for their political affiliation when there's real suffering going on. And yeah. In the same way, here we can be drawn to yep. sides in the in a war uh, and have a conservative talking point of this is what I really, or or a liberal talking point. Um, and in reality, there's real human suffering. That's that is yep. the driving factor behind all this. So, how do we think about that? Yeah, and, and before I forget, and this would probably be a good thing to say at the end, but. I might forget it by then. <laughs> but uh, uh, when we are looking at this and trying to ask the question, what would Jesus have us do? There is something we can do, uh, which is to try to relieve the suffering. None of us yeah. are in a position of, of whether we right. should be giving aid to the Ukraine, military aid to the Ukrainians. Should we give them jets? Should we, should we do a no-fly zone? Those are all theoretical things we, that I'm— that we may get into in this Theoretical podcast, for us. right? Yeah. And you're gonna, and then you could argue about those or get upset, you know, take one side or another side. But as Christians, right now, uh, we are connected to churches that are in the Ukraine that are opening up their their doors 
and trying to care for people who are fleeing their homes. We have connections to orphanages, different things. So we have this fund that's open to do that. That we can do and know yep. that and, we are and pray. with the heart and, of Jesus. And, and, yeah, and, and pray. pray. Pray yeah. for peace. Oh, right? At least yeah. as much as we debate the political right. implications. Yeah. I, mean, I think a good starting point, Jimmy, would be to start with the concept of pacifism. Does the Bible teach pacifism? Because yeah. if it does, then we know what to think about this war and all right. wars. And if it doesn't, then and only then. And I think, you know, I don't want to be... Um, too tongue-in-cheek about it, but but I, I think it's pretty clear the Bible does not teach pacifism. There are a number of reasons why I say that, but let me just offer three quick ones. Um, one is, you know, a, a, a pretty simple reading of the Old Testament will see that throughout the Old Testament, God will uh, allow and even call Israel yeah. to use military conflict as a tool to bring justice, as a tool to bring about His purposes. Now, understand they were a theocracy, and and God never makes mistakes, and 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 we don't have God as our political leader, and, and I get that. Um, but I think the point would be, if if war was just wrong, right. in any situation, happen. it would yeah. not be a tool Absolutely. God uses at his disposal, right? Yeah. Because God can't do no wrong. So the second one would be, in the New Testament, there are num- numerous instances where um, Jesus or, or a church leader interacts with soldiers, and there is no call for soldiers to stop being soldiers. One of the most interesting passages is when John the Baptist is preaching— and um, uh, soldiers actually come to him and say, what should we do in light of what you're preaching? And he says to them, be content with your wages. Don't take more than your own. In other words, don't don't extort people. Don't use your power. Right. He does not say stop being right. a soldier. Right. Now, he will say radical things. You have two shirts, give your oh, extra one to someone who doesn't have one. I mean, he's... But he does not say when the Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, you know, will you heal this person? Jesus doesn't say, not unless you stop becoming a soldier. Or, oh, by the way, you need to stop being a soldier. So there's just no, there would be those, all those stories are good at times where it would have been easy to make the point pretty right. clearly. And then the third is that, of course, when Christ is uh, shown to be coming back uh, in the end of, of the book of Revelation, he comes back as a warrior. I mean, he comes back on a white horse to bring war. And again, understand he's righteous. He can do no wrong. But once again, he is leveraging the tool of military conflict. So um, for all those reasons, I think the argument that war is always wrong just doesn't hold up uh, to biblical scrutiny, which then leads to, well, okay, well then what would make a war wrong? And and that's a more complex conversation. Now with that, with pacifism, Agree. Now, what about uh, Christians who who choose to be pacifists? Yeah. Well, you know, I certainly think a Christian can make a conscious choice to say. And by the way, all the passages that would come to mind for pacifism, Jesus saying, "Turn the other right, cheek," turn. and I mean, again, I think those are about interpersonal relationships right, and right. not about the, civil, the the government and our participation in government. I just um, think about the Quakers, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and the, who would be who would say during. The whole slave trade, we are willing yeah. to die. We're just not willing to kill. So yeah. they took great risks. I think it's it probably depends. But I, uh, you know, the the problem that I would have that is that uh, the Christian uh, soldier for Nazi Germany, right, and the Christian soldier yeah. for uh, the the dangerous thing for Americans is that we tend to align ourselves with being like Israel, like we are God's mm. nation. Yeah. Therefore, all of our wars yeah. are righteous. Yep. And the other people. Yeah, are that's the... a whole other topic. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a whole... podcast unto itself. Yeah. But I think what I would say is, 
let's just take the case of, God forbid, there's a school shooting and a police officer is in the parking lot, right? Right. And he's being called to, or she's being called to go in, right? And decides in that moment, I'm a pacifist. I do not believe in violence. Right. Um, Then what I would say is they are actually shirking a responsibility, right? What we should believe in is protecting people. We should believe in is justice, what we should. Right. And so you are denying those things in order to. to, Right. And and, and so again, all this is incredibly nuanced, but I, I would say there's a difference between a person saying, my conscience tells me X. And the Bible tells me X. Yeah. And, and I'm okay a little bit with the conscience in so much as if I came, if I showed up at my house and uh, my family had been brutally killed and my neighbor was standing in the front yard and I said, did, did you, you know, did you see? And he said, yeah, but I'm a pacifist. In that moment, I would not extol his virtue. Right. Right. I would see him as someone who shirked his responsibility yes, yeah. to love and care for my family. So that that's a nuanced answer, but to say that I, I think a Christian can't say in my conscience I choose not to serve in the military. I choose not to be a police officer. I choose not to, but there is a danger in saying right. The, right. the Bible restricts these. Which things. is why Thomas Aquinas came up with the just war theory, right? Yeah, so just war theory is incredibly I mean, there's like seven parts to it and but <laughs> but essentially what it says is that uh war is justified in the defense of your country or in the defense of a group of people who and I'm I'm simplifying for time, but uh, who are threatened by an aggressive power? So hmm. war to expand your territory, right? Uh, not war for not economic, okay. for economic reasons, yeah, right. Like, that's yeah. right. That that power. these. So I think even as you think about American war, and I'm I am not a history expert, but there are a, a couple of conflicts that we've been involved in internally, externally, where you might say, I don't know, I don't know. Right, right. It's a it's a nuanced. Right. I don't I don't know. But uh, just war theory would say that if you are attacked, so that would be Pearl Harbor, right? You are in danger. Or like the people of the, Ukraine right now. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the right. government has a responsibility to protect its people. Or that in the case of World War II as it relates to Germany, if you feel that a, a group of people being are being oppressed, are in yeah. danger, then you, you can justly exercise force. Now, what just war theory would also say is you are justified in the use of conflict in so much as you're accomplishing that stated goal. Right. Once that goal is accomplished... You have to stop. Yeah, stop. You have to stop. Right. So there's no all-out war, ultimate total surrender, Taking no scorched earth policy, no nation building. Right. You know, I think all of that would be outside of the scope of, of just war. Well, it's got to be... A, in, you know, I've read the seven points, too. It's supposed to be a last resort mm-hmm. after everything else. I mean, it's been exhausted. Yeah, yeah, that's where... And the diplomatic efforts continue during the fighting, right. so that if it's any so point... So some of that is happening mm-hmm. in the Ukraine. That's part they're, of the they're trying you know, whole idea of sanctions and everything is to try to say whatever we can do that's nonviolent. Yeah. So um, I think you would say, as a Ukrainian Christian... So you'd have to think about this question in two ways, right? If you're a Ukrainian question, you're asking, can I pick up a gun and fight? And then as an American Christian, you're saying, should we... Pick up guns and fight. Yeah, yeah. or supply guns yeah, or whatever right, form right. that takes. And I think, let's just start with the first one, the Ukrainian Christian, I, I, just war theory. And again, just war theory, if you say, where is it in the Bible? This is an attempt to take all that Everything the Bible has said yeah. Right. Yeah. about the government's responsibility to God, to its to its people, to its... Um, and I think if you apply just war theory, then, then the Ukrainian Christian is sanctioned to defend their country against... A force which seems only to want to conquer and destroy, and subject yeah. and destroy, especially as you see. And again, we're all reliant on the information we're getting on social media and on the news. But especially as you see what Russia 
has done in terms of targeting civilian neighborhoods, yes. targeting yeah. Well, that's part of the refugee. just war theory too, is that only uh, – that non-combatants are supposed to be protected, yeah. right, and not mm. that's right. attacked, right? That's right. And, but part of the thing of stopping – if the Ukrainians are able to turn back Russia, then they are not to go into Russia that's right. and attack and as, yeah, right, uh, as yeah. revenge, right? Yeah. I think the question gets more complex when you the say, does uh, any country – like yeah, we, we need Americans. to get involved, yeah. Yeah. Do we bear responsibility? And, and the reason it gets complicated, I think, is not because of just war theory. Because I think just war theory would say, yeah, I mean, it, you know, Russia can't just invade another right. country and kill civilians. And morally, you are right. It, and in some ways, it's very similar to my neighbor watching my family be assaulted, right? right. It's like you, you have a moral responsibility. Yeah. I think the difficulty becomes the world is very broken. And are you going to do that everywhere it's happening? You know, because so, even mean, at the beginning of this podcast, you were able to. We cite just had the several, Olympics in China. Several examples, right. yeah, exactly. I mean, where they are brutally we have not intervened. Uh, Muslims uh, there. I mentioned West Africa, where Muslims themselves are are advancing. Like Syria, yeah. Sudan. I, I mean, you know, yeah, it's all over yeah. Yemen. And I think that's yeah. why you see Western countries turning to economic sanctions. I think they are looking for a way to morally oppose without establishing the precedent that you know we our own our own soldiers lives are 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 being given to turn back um evil because it's evil's happening all the time and yeah that feels a little bit like punting but i I don't know yeah the hard thing about economic sanctions of course is that it punishes people that are not involved Mm -hmm. right like uh, the the normal russian citizen who Who's well, I mean, the, it, the ruble cut in half. You look at I mean, yeah. there are images of massive protests in Russia right. against yeah. the war. So those people are even saying, "We don't want to do this," and now they will. I mean, they are suffering. Yeah, but in some ways, in the geopolitical but, landscape, I mean, you're dealing with nation states. You're not dealing with populations. You're, right. you're dealing. I mean, Russia right. is what they formally decide to do, and that's the the, the nature of some forms of government is that people are very disconnected from what their government well, it's well, and we the brokenness it too. yeah, yeah I mean, we're not sure. supposed to be but yeah. if, if the United but all States... the more but all the more if you're in Russia right, right all yeah, the more for sure right. thinking hey if you try to tell this guy no it's your family <laughs> right right you know, that's so. what I think about those the protesters in Russia they are they're that's putting for a lot real. on the line yeah. too you go out there yeah. to protest and you get arrested yeah. yeah yeah if you were a Christian in Russia what what would you do right now? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah. Well, I'm probably not as brave as I think I am. But, so I'll say, in in theory, I, I think, again, it's a tricky... Well, what would a good Christian do? What yeah. would a good... <laughs> Touché. Yeah. A brave I happily Christian accept do. that distinction. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the question is, it, would Russian citizens be justified? To go and... And I think the answer would, would be that they would be reacting to the immoral actions of their government the same way Ukrainians would, in the same way... Well, would they be justified Americans to do what? Would. To go... F- like to oppose to oppose to yeah. oppose their yeah. government, yeah, I believe yeah. so. For sure. In whatever form that I mean, it's a little bit. It gets back to the Bonhoeffer question, right? When Bonhoeffer, who who was a pacifist and found himself, I mean, that he would say, "I was stuck between what I thought were two evils: right? Yeah, right. turning a blind eye to what Hitler was doing, or or picking up violence." And and I think what Bonhoeffer was the reason why he felt justified in trying to have Hitler killed was because he was saying, I, I am morally required yeah. to act in the defense of the people. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that Russian citizens could say, 
Uh, this probably puts me on some kind of list somewhere for saying this, but but I think they could justify that. Hey, what our leader is doing is immoral. Absolutely, right. and uh, we should stop it. Yeah. yeah, but again, I have five kids, and I think prob- probably if I were in Russia, I'd be more concerned about how do I take care of my family and feed them and keep them safe than I would be grand scheme machinations towards my government. So. Yeah. So as American Christians, then what are you know as we get toward the end of this, what are some things that we can do? Or what what do what should we be doing and thinking? Well, I think we ought to be praying Absolutely. for sure, right? And then I think we ought to be uh, the, taking every avenue that we can to relieve the suffering that we yes. that we can Medicacy. reach yeah. Yeah. and touch. Um, I do, and think... I would be praying for the wisdom of of world leaders right now because I don't know. I, mean, yeah, I don't it does know seem what like we're the on... best thing yeah. to yeah. do is. And then uh, I'd be praying for for sanity to return. Yeah. To the whole, what whatever whatever Russia is trying to do does not. It it seems like a lot of times, and I've done this just as an individual. You back yourself into a corner, and yeah. then when you start making mistakes, the you make bigger mistakes. You double down yeah. and keep making. Yeah, and yeah, that's what it seems like. Putin is doubling down when if it didn't go the way he expected it. Right. To go. Well, I think I the think scary part of this is the irrationality. Right. Right. But I think two things that come to mind for me, Jimmy. I mean, one is I think we should ask the Lord to break our hearts Absolutely. for suffering yeah. people all over the world. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right now we're thinking about the Ukraine and we should be. But I think in general, we should be saying, Lord, I am not in tune enough. I know that's what I've been saying. I am not in tune enough with the suffering of our planet. But I think the second thing is in this is why global missions matters. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it's not just people going to hell. It's that it we we radically underestimate the impact that Christianity has had on every civilization in which it's preached and believed. Now, yeah. it's not without its mistakes, too, but I think this is why the gospel needs to be preached in places where it is yeah. hard to preach it. Yeah. That's when you think about our global mission strategy at CCC, we are saying where are the hardest areas? Where are the areas where it's not being preached? Because uh, people alienated from God hurt themselves yeah. and hurt, hurt and hurt people. each other. That's right. just what they do. It's what I do apart from God. It's what it's what if you listen, it's what you do. It's what we all do. And I think that's why when we think about our mission to give away thirty mil- million dollars uh, over the next thirty years, that isn't just about leading people to Christ. Although certainly, yes, that's where it Absolutely. starts. But it's about believing that where Jesus is King. Peace actually will prosper, and uh, and and not in the way it's going to not in, perf- in, yeah. in the new heavens yeah. and new yeah. earth. But you know, missions is a way of saying Jesus, come be king yeah. now. And I think, and you know, and, and so maybe I don't know. Maybe there are young people listening to this that are thinking, hey, maybe I ought to be considering whether or not to go. My yeah. life would be best used in this, so that because unchecked sin, sin unchecked by the gospel, leads to destruction. It's what God told Cain. Sin is at your door. It's crouching at your door. It's desire is to destroy you, right? And and that's what's happening. And that's what's happening all over the world. And the ultimate way to oppose it is not politically. It's preaching the gospel. Just as a matter of, of finishing, this should release within the month of, month of March. And uh, so if you are listening to this and you do want to give, you can go to ccchapel.com slash Ukraine. And at that address, I think through the month of March, you can give to some of our mission partners around the, who are over in the area where this is happening and are helping with a number of different things. But if you want to give directly to that, you can go to ccchapel.com slash Ukraine. Hopefully, Lord willing, by the time this podcast is released, something has happened that has resolved the conflict. Peace has been restored. But even in that case, I would guess there's still 
recovery that needs to be done. So again, ccchapel.com, Ukraine. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.